Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on a Friday. We are that close to Husker football just a week away about. This is a Good Sense Friday here on 93.7 The Tickets. We'd like to give a shout out to those guys. If you're hungry, go to Good Sense or you can go to Wingstop, which sponsors the Ticket Water Cooler every day. We've got uh, Nick Sainert in here with me as Rico busy being a dad today. Nick, how's it going? What's up? How's it going? Oh, not too bad. Uh, just uh, just <laughs> anxiously awaiting football season. We're seven or eight days away, right? So Yeah. I'd um, say seven days in wake up. I like, I like Seven days. Way. Okay, perfect. And like next week, here's the thing, is, is you're going to really start to feel it like next Monday when you start to see pictures and things of the guys in Ireland and you start to really get to talk to people. Um, we'll hear from Scott Frost for one final time before they leave for Ireland on Sunday, so I- I'm looking forward to that as well. Well, it's kind of weird, too, because the Week Zero, this is the second year you kind of have to get used to this, because yeah. what I'm used to is watching Week Zero games and, and just kind of thinking, okay, now college football is here, and then still counting down to Nebraska. This is the Week Zero game. Yeah. Like, we're, we're forgetting that. Like, the other good game, I think, is Illinois and Wyoming, maybe. Yeah, that's a good game. So, yeah, if you would like that game. Brett Bielema. But oh, yeah. I, I would not watch that game if... I was forced to. So you're not going to watch it. Probably That's a not. Your opponent, Nick. You got to do some scouting. No, I'm out on that. But I, I'm out on <laughs> Illinois, Wyoming, um, especially in Week Zero. But I, I mean, this is the game, and, and I'm I'm really looking forward to next week. Like we're starting to get the the itch, and with all these comments coming out with, with the whole vomit and everything. Yeah. Like Nebraska just needs to play a game. Like we're just to that point where it's like, all right, we're we're grasping at straws here. We just need to play a game. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Let's get into that with actually Brian Munson of On3 Sports, who's going to join us every Friday here on the Ticket Water Cooler. How's it going, Brian? Hey, guys, what's up? Yeah, it's six days in a wake-up. You're making it out to make it be way worse <laughs> than what it really is. Six days? Six in a wake-up, man. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah it, it's tough to do math. Do you count today? <laughs> you know, I guess you don't really count today. Uh, but in any case, uh, Brian, how, uh, how do you think of the timing uh, kind of sets in here for uh, Scott Frost to name his starter last night? Casey Thompson, the starting quarterback for Nebraska, something we all kind of expected, uh, waited for, yeah. but it's just, the, it's just the timing is more interesting than anything. Do you like where when he names him the starting quarterback? Uh, um, obviously, I think that um, it, it was it was bound to happen here sooner or later. I, I, I feel I feel I have to rally behind it. Apparently, Casey has done enough in practices so far this fall camp to to basically be you know to be that leader to be named the starter. It sounds like it sounds like you know there's there's been a little bit of an improvement comes to throwing and velocity and, and stuff like that. So I'm glad that it looks like at least, you know, Nebraska was, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of options coming out of spring ball and they certainly wish they would have had a better look at a few of guys, but then they get this, this is fall camp. There's really not an injury or so to speak, you know, around him. So you get the chance to kind of compete full go. Um, and at least he went out there and didn't lose it. And, and it seems like he's claimed a spot. So if this is not as good a scenario is what is what Nebraska fans could hope, is that there is a guy that Nebraska is looking forward to 
putting out there on Saturday. He will begin the week preparing as a starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I think that there's there's to be said about I think particular about how close this might have been. Particularly, you know, like even like with a guy like with Logan Smothers, I think Smothers put up a pretty fierce you know uh, effort to try to put himself and keep himself in contention there with tra- two transfer portal guys coming in that, you know, you could have easily gone, well, I'm no longer the guy here. And he just let that happen. He's just too competitive a guy. And, and obviously Purdy is somebody I think that we're still going to see this fall. Brian, I guess when we're when we're looking at kind of the the way that Nebraska's staff is going to manage their personnel, and especially at the quarterback position, now that we know Casey Thompson is QB1, and like you said, I, I think it's very valuable that he's going to be able to prepare that way, but... I think there needs to be a long enough, or excuse me, there needs to be a shorter leash, but still with patience, if that makes sense. And so, like, how fine of a line is that if you're a head coach in a season that Nebraska's facing with all the pressure, how fine of a line is it, and how much of a judgment call will this coaching staff have to make if they eventually have to make a change or not? It's such a great question, and it's such a it's such a complicated one, because there's the fine line you're kind of describing is going between it will be evaluated almost on a series by series basis mm-hmm. and where you you're looking at from the percentages of, of being successful winning the game that week to where you want to go ahead and make a change with the quarterback in flight to to make sure that you can go out there and do what's best to try to win the football game but then you have to consider what the psychology that goes along with that can be when you go into then you know, the film room on stay to start breaking things down when you make that change at quarterback. And then and then what happens then the following week? You know, do you rally around a guy? Or are you now trying to, like, figure out, you know, all things brand new, looking at everything else kind of going into next week? And, and I think that, obviously, that fine line is going to be there a lot more in, in week one and week two because I think Nebraska really does want to roll out who they feel like is quarterback one. From what they've seen so far, this quarterback has it been on the field, on the field playing playing in a competitive game? No, it hasn't been. I think that obviously things are changed. You can only do so much to kind of fully simulate. Mm-hmm. But I think that you know you want to go out there then still and keep keep that confidence. But obviously, know when you have to go ahead and make that decision to make a change. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because obviously the story coming out of that was that Casey was the starter, but he did say he wouldn't be surprised if more than one quarterback plays. Do you see that as maybe like a a goal line package or spot play if the game gets out of hand, or do you kind of see that as what Michigan's doing? Jim Harbaugh said they're they're probably going to keep the quarterback battle going on through the start of the season. Well, I think think it would be more like ladder. I think Nebraska has... Look, my understanding of looking back at the last, you know, the Adrian Martinez day has been that, you know, only until like last year or the year before um, were things even kind of competitive in Lincoln. It was it was really his job, his job only, and everybody else was there just kind of in the room. Um, now, I, I think in kind of respect, everybody is kind of looking back at that, and they're, and they're finding faults. They're finding finding reasons to doubt, you know, kind of protect that starting quarterback are you really preparing and getting the guy ready for the the guy ready for the game on saturday or the game that week and i think there's a, there's some good reason to doubt that when you when you have 
that's, that doesn't have any pressure, that doesn't need to kind of go out there and just do anything other than just kind of show up, which I'm not, that's what happened. But, but I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to strip this thing down and make it as simple as possible, that's what it really becomes. You, you want competitiveness and competitive reps happening every single day of the, of the, of the work week, getting ready for Saturday. Everything is meaningful. You can't have someone say, ah, well, I'll get that better next time when it comes Saturday or whatever and kind of blow it off. You, you have to have importance and be disciplined to that every single rep of every single practice. So uh, I, I think that there's been faults in ways in how Nebraska kind of kept Martinez protected at times when it comes to being the starting quarterback. And I think Nebraska needs to try a little edgier of, of a way to kind of get the quarterback room ready every single week. Yeah, it's interesting too. I think the other the big storyline to come out of uh, you know Scott Frost media appearance last night uh, was the the quote about uh, he's saying that he laughed because guys that there's probably fifteen to twenty vomits from uh, the offensive linemen every day. Um, people ran with this in all sorts of different directions. How did you read that comment? I I read it the way that. Um... I read it in a way that, you know, the workouts every day are, are still meaningful. They have a conditioning edge to them. They're being pushed. They haven't got through just the, the portion of, hey, let's make sure that you, you know, that, that you can, that you're, that you're in shape to go ahead and start fall camp. And then every, and once you've kind of been peaked, we don't have to worry about anything else. It seems like there's been an ongoing need to kind of continue the conditioning side and pushing some guys particularly in that offensive line room to get those guys ready for the in which offense wants to run at this ball and there's no problem with that it's look that's a that's a pretty natural reaction when it comes to, to working out working hard particularly with us fat body guys that 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 just kind of typically happens when you're a little bit you're pushing yourself a lot the weather is there on your shoulders as well it, it it's it's one of those things of course you drink your water too fast it happens but but I, I really view that as that's a guy whose intensity for keeping keeping up the conditioning side, keeping up the pace side, how quickly we want to operate in the fall in mind, as opposed to okay, go over there. Now we're going to talk about this for forty five seconds and be in really that kind of game setting, you know, huddle, quick pace, you know, like they're going to want to do when it comes to this fall. And is that is that still the position you're probably going to be looking at the most once uh, Nebraska plays Northwestern? I mean, it might be hard to get that read because obviously the offensive line dominated Northwestern last year. But to me, that's still the area. And it, I thought it was just kind of interesting. Scott Frost was saying, you know, just kind of talking about depth in all different areas and even include the offensive line, which is probably my biggest concern where depth is kind of piling up. Is that kind of similar to your thinking or, or do you worry about another position on the field? No, no, no. I think it starts up front because I think that that portion that's up front has has taken the, you know, has has impacted the play of the running back position. It's impacted the the quarterback position. It's impacted the flow of the entire offense. Um, it's one of those things that has to be cleaned up. It has to get better for Nebraska to have much possibility to be successful this year. So that's that that is really where it starts for me. I mean, other than kind of switching the defense and seeing how they kind of compare as a unit because you, you had so much seniority you had all those super seniors last year you you had really great players that you're trying to find placements for but you bring back a lot of guys and there's a lot of interesting transfers that kind of get thrown into the mix as well some competitive storylines on defense nothing to me is more compelling than than the way that nebraska is going to start up front 
and and how basically do going forward you know ask me how do things sort how do things kind of you know flush out you know with the interior guys what about ben hart and corpin you know what kind of rotation are those guys going to be in there's some really interesting storylines just there on those five positions we're speaking to Brian Munson of On3.com. If you had to lay out your starting five up front, Brian, for, uh, I mean, wh- whichever position you want to start with, I-, I just think it's so fascinating because you have a list of guys, like we were kind of talking about, Trent Hickson, who who got you know has been here for a long time, just hasn't been able to see consistent playing time. Brock Bando, a similar situation there. And Teddy Prohaska, who we, for the small sample size that we saw last year w- was productive, but we don't know how he's going to be bouncing back from his injury, as as he kind of mentioned a couple weeks ago when we got to talk to him, that just being back healthy is different than being in game shape, if that makes sense. So if you had to lay out your your starting five up front for the offensive line, who who would be making the cut? Um, You know, it's hard for me to kind of disagree with what this morning, you know, talking, or if you go back to the tunnel talk this morning, and Steve Sipple, I thought, did a great job of really – outlining things uh, when it comes to the offensive line, and, and I don't really disagree with it too much. I mean, you you got Titty at, at left. I think you, you put her then at your left guard. Uh, Hickson, you know, I, I guess he would probably get that, that nod at set. Interested in seeing what Brian Bando can do. I, mm-hmm. I, I think that that is a guy that, that's been a, from, a, from Lincoln off to IMG, Brought back to Nebraska, I think there's some really interesting things that are kind of going on with him. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he kind of reacts there at right guard, and then Ben Hart at right tackle. I think, I think that that spot, I think that guy right there, circle Bryce Ben Hart, and how he has kind of responded to criticism, being jockeyed around, you know, being a tackled and being forced inside, some inconsistent play, and now how he has kind of emerged on this other side. I've really heard some re- some really positive things with how he has done so far this fall camp. I'm really interested in seeing how he does, you know, out there against a Big Ten opponent. Well, and obviously all this line talk is, is kind of is talking about getting protection for the quarterback and getting those running backs a uh, room to run. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting when you look at last year where Jacquez Yant, that was kind of his game. He kind of broke out against Northwestern. Would you think that maybe you 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 look at that matchup last year and and don't go away from what worked, or do you think you kind of just let the the camp battle play out? Whoever you thought was number one, one uh, A on on the running back list, that you would you would throw them out there. It's a new year. Um, we've seen that work out in in the past, but at the same time, you kind of think I, I always kind of think about Illinois, where it, it, uh, Adrian always had a lot of success against Illinois, and then two years ago they didn't start him against them, they lost, and then you're thinking, well, I don't know if that was the right decision. It, that's an interesting call. Um, you know, I think actually Big Ten just had that as kind of like the, the Big Ten game of the week or whatever for Nebraska at Northwest. I think I just watched it last week. Mm. So um, very it, that, that game is very fresh in my mind. Yant tore him up. And he not only had like the the hard plays that you know that he, he's, he's going to be asked to do with, the, with being a bigger back, but he broke some big runs. Oh, yeah. That being, that being said, you've got a different guy in the room when it comes to Coach Applewhite when he's kind of seeing things over. You've added three new guys to the room. You're bringing back a guy that started football games like in Ramir Johnson. Um, you've obviously got Yant there that had a huge game last week. But you've got you've got A.J. Allen who's going to see time. And, of course, your Juco All-American and Anthony Grant. The, the, the room is incredibly talented. And I think that Nebraska – given the changes that they're kind of looking for to bring out on the offense to be 
more consistent to work within the flow of what that offensive staff is trying to do. They have to trust their judgment of what they've seen so far through the spring and through the fall to think that that's going to be the way that they have to go. But just know they got a lot of horses in that room, and there's some guys that can they can really carry the football and and do some great things for the offense. Well, and sometimes it could be coach speak, but I, I was as I was pointing out earlier, Scott Frost really was highlighting the depth that they have at all these different areas. When I look at last yep. year's team as opposed to this year's team, I do think there's a lot of losses on there. I mean, Cam Jurgens and Samari Toure and Austin Allen and Cam Taylor Britt and Damian Daniels. I mean, the list just seems to keep going on and on. Do you, th- you know, and we've had the the talk about which team's more talented. Do you think there's more depth on this year's team, and that might be what gets them over the hump rather than top end talent from one team to the other? I think that there's some truth to that. I, I think the top-end talent last year was probably a little bit better on that la- on your last year's team. But I think that the depth, I think that, you know, maybe there's some still some questions of what we're going to kind of anticipate when it comes to this offense and what do they do and are they continuing continually still snake-bitten when it kind of goes down there trying to make a play when they're down by a few points or they're trying to protect the lead, you know, and what, what's going to happen with special teams. Look, if you just shore up special teams, that's like three wins. So so figure that part out and then kind of go in there then, change the mentality. We're a touchdown up. Let's just let's just pour it on and and defending your house. Make Memorial Stadium still the toughest place to or make it again one of the toughest places to go in there and win a football game. So I, I don't think that that's happened in quite some time. And, and I think that that's what they need to kind of get back to. But I I think that, you know, what what they need to kind of really what they need to do is worry about, you know, what makes them different. I think it is depth, and I do I do expect them to rotate in a lot more guys. There's been a lot of talk on that defensive front. That's why Devin Drew getting there to Lincoln this last week was huge. He gives them another set of legs they can roll out there, and he obviously has had an impact in a very short amount of time. So I think depth is better this year. We're talking to Brian Munson of On3 Sports. One more question for you. Um, just when you thought you could get away from conference realignment and, and, and expansion and all that, we heard from today uh, the Big Ten's Kevin Warren told uh, HBO Sports that he sees the Big Ten having 20 members and paying players down the line. The paying players thing was a whole different uh, can of worms we could wow. open up, but let's let's just stick with the 20 members of the Big Ten and um, there was a lot of heat there on Washington and Oregon. It's kind of the leftovers of the Pac-10, the Pac-12, Pac or there's 10 teams in the Pac-12 now, but that just uh, continues to confuse things, as has been <laughs> the case the last several years with the conference. But in any case, the Pac-12 as it is. Um, do you think that you like the Big Ten's approach, knowing they want 20 teams, but maybe kind of not, not just jumping at anything that, that just kind of pops up once they got USC and UCLA? Yeah, I, I do. I, I think the, the selectivity here now is really going about uh, refining what you're trying to do as a, as a conference. What, what are you, what are, where are you lacking? What can you go out there and, and address? Obviously, I think that you went out there and you kind of grabbed the, the, the cream of the crop when it comes to the Pac-12. I, people probably would argue with me a little bit, and I think UCLA Board of Regents are going to probably have to try to have a say with that one, too, yeah. to see if, if they're going to let them go. But all that being said, if you grab those two and you turn back around, the Big Ten then should continue to evaluate. They should go back and figure out what kind of makes sense moving forward. You know, you, you've got some schools out there that have that have got some potential that when it really comes to kind of adding things in, but it's it's maybe not necessarily, you know, maybe it's it's grabbing a school that has a little bit more basketball tradition and that's been that's a little bit different of 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 how things have kind of moved forward i I know nebraska has a 
lived up really to the hype of when they moved over from the Big 12. But all that being said, that's not the way it was supposed to be. So if that's the case and you're kind of eyeing a KU, you know, for example, um, it would it, it's it needs to be something that needs to be thought about. It needs to be think, thinking about and understanding what the SEC is also trying to do. Super conferences, it's, it's definitely coming. And I think the next thing that comes after that is probably understanding that, that there isn't a lot of value with the NCAA anymore. Yeah. And, and that's another, that's the next thing that's going to come out of this whole thing is once the super conferences have aligned and they set their number, what does the NCAA do for you now? And the, and the, and the answer to that question is not much. Yeah, fascinating stuff. It sounds like college football playoff might be the new governing committee as is the postseason there, but that's that's fascinating. We'll, we'll certainly talk about that as the months to come. Oh, before I let you go, of course, we should probably ask about recruiting. Obviously, the game in Ireland, uh, is that doing anything for recruits? What's kind of going on in the recruiting world? You know, it doesn't really do a lot for recruiting. We're watching, we're obviously watching Monroe, Louisiana here in the next couple of weeks. Alan's heard. He'll be making a decision. He's down to like a top four, top five. I really feel like this is a decision between LSU and Nebraska, to be honest with you. I think LSU's got the upper hand. Ryan Robinson, another guy from Edna Carr High School in Louisiana, going to be making a decision here in the coming weeks. Cameron Lenhart, he and I caught up. He's still toying with, you know, making a commitment date. He, He doesn't sound like he's necessarily firm on getting it done before the month of September comes around. So kind of kind of play that one a little loose. I don't think people should get too worried about that yet. And then I think things are going to open up. I think Nebraska will start relooking at some guys in their first two to three weeks of the season. You could see some offers trickle out to running back, offensive tackle, potentially defensive tackle. But then I think after that, Nebraska is really in that mode of playing the portal transfer and seeing what else kind of comes through. All right, very cool. Thanks again, Brian Munson of On3 Sports joining us here every Friday as we get into uh, the football season. Thanks again, Brian. Have a great weekend, guys. All right, there he goes. We will have a great weekend, but not as great as we will the next several weekends. It's kind of the last weekend, and obviously for people covering Husker Media, uh, to have off to a degree. Are you going to get to celebrate? I'm, I'm just going to kind of hang around the house this weekend. Right. Well, just kidding. Nate and I are going to the boats tomorrow, so that's well, not really hanging go. around the house. But no. Um, yeah, so nothing, nothing too crazy. Gonna enjoy the last weekend off yeah, for yeah. till December. Relaxing uh, might be the key there. Uh, let's take a quick break here on the ticket. Water cooler brought to you by Wingstop. We'll be right back here on the ticket. Mm-hmm.